Hi, my name is Carla Jones, and I am the executive director at the Bean and Stock Furniture Library in High Point, North Carolina. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A Student's Perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www.astudentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. Hi everyone, this is another episode of A Student's Perspective. I'm Courtney and today I'm interviewing Carla Jones. If you like our conversation today, please like, share, and feel free to comment any questions or post any questions along the way. So, hi Carla, thank you so much for speaking with us today at A Student's Perspective. Can you just take a moment to introduce yourself and give us a little in, uh, insight into your background? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yes, I am the executive director at the Bean and Stock Furniture Library in High Point, North Carolina. We are a resource for the furniture, art, and design industries. We have over 5,000 books in our collection that detail all the wonderful history on furniture, styles of furniture, art, architecture, interior design, textiles, any home furnishings related uh, field. Great. So can you just tell me a little bit about like your schooling and maybe where you kind of started and then give us a little insight into how you got into that position? Yes, um, actually, uh, Sandy Bienenstock was the founder of the Bienenstock Furniture Library. And when I was in design school, my background is interior design. And when I was in college, I worked for Mr. Bienenstock during furniture markets uh, as a part-time job. So I would sell books for the furniture library uh, down at the High Point Furniture Market. So I was able to work for Mr. Bean in stock. This would have been in the late 80s. So after design school, I had a career in interior design, did that for about 25 years. And then there came an opportunity when the previous executive director here was retiring for me to interview for this position. And I really felt a really good connection with the library since I had worked for Mr. Bean and Stock so many years ago, had had a design career and felt like the knowledge that I have and um, the passion for the industry sort of met here uh, to enable me to have, have this position. Yeah, great. So was it really uh, research-based interests of yours to get involved with the library, or was it just a, a personal interest maybe within furniture and interiors that led you to this? I think all of the above. Um, it, it's interesting. My favorite part of this job is working with students and the education part of, of this job. While we are a uh, resource 
for the furniture and design industries. And we have all these wonderful books and um, fabulous information in-house. We also support uh, students in a great way here at the Bean and Stock Furniture Library. Since 1984, we have hosted uh, a scholarship program for students. And right now our scholarship program is a design competition. We host this competition every single year. There is an interior design category and a furniture design category. Any junior or senior in college majoring in a design related field can enter our competition. And we give away $15,000 a year um, to students uh, who are chosen as winners of our competition. So I love that part that connects education and really giving back to the industry by promoting students and encouraging them to enter this field um, as a career and also encourage them financially uh, through our scholarship program. Yeah, I think that's so wonderful. You know, there's a, a very large range of opportunities that the Bean and Stock Library offers to students in the community. Um, you know, just being able to walk in and have that resource of knowledge and be able to uh, look at the books and really get an insight as to maybe something that they're looking for, whether it's a studio project or just a personal or professional business. Um, getting that knowledge is really important. And I think a lot of the time uh, people, unfortunately, we're in the digital age, so now everything is online, but there's something great about having the tactility of a book, really being able to flip those pages and get really close into it. Um, and like you were talking about before is the history of it. So can you just give a little bit more um, insight into what that experience is like, uh, meeting new people and giving them that opportunity? Well, what's great about um, having the opportunity to introduce students to almost a new way of learning. You're right. We are in a digital age where most students now, as compared to when I was in college in the 80s, um, go online to find everything. Uh, it, it's, it's accessible. It's quick. It's easy. Um, but there's something to be said about entering, number one, our historic building, which is beautiful in itself. But looking at this collection, holding a book in your hands, We've had people here who stop in and they're wowed and they say, I've got to come back. My name is Russell Bienenstock. I'm chairman of the board of the Bienenstock Furniture Library here in High Point. My name is Carla Webb and I'm the executive director of the Bienenstock Furniture Library. The Furniture Library is a place where furniture designers, home furnishings designers, interior designers, students and academics can come and view over 5,000 volumes on furniture and design uh, in, a be in beautiful surroundings. Um, you know, it's a marvelous and inspirational facility. Uh, the library was founded in 1970 by my grandfather's idea, and uh, he wanted to give back to an industry that had been so good to him. He was a collector, he had an interest in furniture design and was considered somewhat of an expert in that. He made connections in Europe and Asia, everywhere. He bought this house uh, and uh, created, uh, created the library. Our collection is extensive and we have, like Russell said, over 5,000 books in the collection. 350 of those books are in our rare book room and our oldest book dates to 1543. We are a special library that is focused on one industry. 
So it's an amazing collection of rare books that, for the most part, you can't see anywhere else in the United States. The best thing for us, actually, is to see when a designer actually opens a book and their faces light up and they realize there's an ornament or a pattern or a historical furniture design that they can use in their own practice, something they can adapt from 200 years ago or 300 years ago. We are located at 1009 North Main Street in High Point, just a few blocks from the furniture market. High Point is growing and diversifying. It is becoming more of a center of, of fashion. The library is just one small part of that. If you're not coming to High Point and you're in the industry, uh, you're missing out. You really are. Our books date back to the 1500s, so we have representation you know, from the 16th, 17th, 18th centuries. So you've got these books that are not only works of art in them, of themselves because of their age and, and what they, they hold inside the pages, but it's we have a tagline here at the, the Venus Top Furniture Library. It's, it's touch history, design the future. And we feel like it's so important for students to come in and touch the books, look at the pages, look at all of the masters of design that have come from hundreds you know, of years before them and take a look at these designs that are time standing. What inspiration do you gain from that? Learn about the history, learn where these design styles uh, came from and really delve into um, the knowledge of it and, and educating yourself so that you can touch that history, and then you can design your own design for the future. So it is such um, a treasure of inspiration for students, for present designers. Um, it, it's just an invaluable collection. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't even imagine maybe how, uh, how much upkeeping, you know, goes into it. You know, I'm sure there's specific ways you guys handle the books and, and take precautions that way. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, three over 350 of our books are in our rare book chamber. We are very fortunate to have a wonderful rare book room that's climate controlled, humidity controlled, and the 350 books that are in the rare book room are there for various reasons. They are the most rare in our collection, they're the oldest in our collection, or they're in a declining um, a condition and need to be handled with care. So in our rare book room, of the 5,000 books we have, 350 books are in this chamber and um, are accessible to anybody. We wear white gloves when we enter that room. We only allow one book out of the room at a time, and that's just to keep it in this environment that's gonna keep it in its best condition that it's in right now. Book preservation is very important to us because we wanna keep this collection accessible and in a great condition where people can touch these books. They can open them and see what's on these uh, magnificent pages. So book preservation is important. We love when people donate to our organization specifically for book preservation. It's an expensive process. And we have a wonderful company right here in North Carolina that handles all of our book preservation, but the costs are anywhere from $600 to $2,000 per book. So it is uh, quite an extensive project that we're, you know, ongoing um, constantly to keep our collection in the 
best possible condition that, that we can keep it in. We're very passionate about uh, keeping these books accessible and available to anyone who has a love of furniture and design. Yeah, absolutely. So is the library primarily, I know you said it was with the arts and architecture and furniture. Um, is it primarily just the arts and furniture or is are there specified sections uh, within your library or maybe talk about um, some of the ways you uh, you have um, dictated sections within within the library for We are housed in a historic home. So space here um, can be a challenge. So our collection is cataloged like the Library of Congress system, like a college library would be. So our database is actually accessible uh, on our website so that before your visit, you can look at our database and see what we have pertaining to the subject that you're interested in. We have the books divided up. Um, in the general collection are our books on the history of furniture, the different styles of furniture, art architecture, and most of our foreign language books. We have a lot of foreign language books. On the second floor of the library, we have one room that's dedicated more towards interior design. So that would be how to run a design business, uh, window treatments, floor coverings, color theory, room settings, and then another room that's designated for textiles, decorative arts, construction of furniture, woods used in furniture. So we really do cover all the bases that use. You can come in here and, and really go from one end of the spectrum to the other when it when it comes to, to history and design and, and all the genres in the industry. So we're fortunate to have a very extensive, extensive collection. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something maybe going back to what we were originally talking about was the student involvement and the engagement within those books and really offering that knowledge. Uh, I, I took a peek on the website before um, speaking with you and Honestly, I was really excited and interested, and I cannot wait to get a chance to go back to North Carolina to visit you guys. Um, Fantastic. Because as a student, you know, I I'm excited, and I would love to get my hands on some of these books and, of course, you know, just be immersed in this knowledge of it. Um, can you just talk a little bit about maybe all, uh, all the ways that you engage students um, specifically? Are there any... Um, I know you talked about the competitions, um, but maybe talk a little bit more in detail about that. One thing we're, we're fortunate for is that our location uh, puts us within two to three hours of a lot of good design schools. And this is interior design, furniture design, photography, uh, industrial design, product design. So we do have a lot of student groups pre-COVID, of course, coming in for tours, bringing classrooms here. We have meeting rooms on site so the students would meet with their professor for a short class time and then break out for research. So we've always been available uh, for, for, I would say, local uh, schools or schools that could travel here in a decent amount of time for them to utilize the space for research. Again, the design competition that we hold each year. We have great uh, communication with the different design schools around the country uh, to try to, you know, get them information for all the, the events and the programs that we have going on. One thing that's new this year that I'm very excited about that's um, for students, when we, our, our board of directors was speaking about two years ago about how much uh, education and dealing with the students is such an important part of our organization and how we want to encourage students in this industry, we want to be supportive of them. And one of the ways that we thought we should do this is 
is giving them an experience they cannot have in the classroom. As we all know, in the professional world, what you learn outside the classroom is almost more valuable than what you've learned in the classroom and work experience and interacting with other professionals. There's so much to be to be gained from that. So with us being in High Point, which is furniture capital of the world, and we have so many wonderful design resources and artists and showrooms and factories here in this town, we said, why are we not bringing a group of students to High Point creating this experience, showing them the industry, introducing them to other students, introducing them to industry professionals, showing them what the furniture market's about, a showroom, taking them on factory tours, uh, talking about textiles, furniture, design, photography, the whole, the whole bit, um, and just create this wonderful two and a half day experience where they can learn so many things they can't gain in the classroom. So for the last year and a half, um, we have been working on the Bean and Stock Future Designers Summit. It is going to be held September the 20th through the 22nd of 2021. We have 35 students who will be attending this first inaugural summit. We have a fabulous itinerary. Once the student gets here, everything is free of charge for them. Their housing, their meals, their transportation. We have... Um, a jam-packed itinerary for the two and a half days. We have three keynote speakers. We have Young Ha, who is a fantastic interior designer from New York City coming. We have Patty Carpenter, who is from New York, and she is a trend forecaster. And then we have Jane Dagney, who is the editor of Designers Today magazine, and she's been in the editorial world for years. So these uh, folks are going to speak to the students at different uh, sessions. We're going to have mentoring sessions with professionals so that the students can engage with people working in the industry now and ask them questions and um, just learn from a professional standpoint a little bit about the industry. The students are from uh, architecture, interior design, furniture design, industrial design, and textile design students. So they're all going to be interacting with each other, learning how each one of these students and their creative call into this industry really does make one industry work. You know, it's not just the furniture designer. It's not just the interior designer. It's not just the architect who designs the home. It's not the textile designer. It's not the photographer that photographs the piece of furniture that makes it look so great. The consumer wants to buy it. It's everybody. And without each of these separate entities, this industry really couldn't function. It, it, we need all the creative minds. So we want the students to learn from each other. We want them to learn from professionals and we want them to gain the knowledge of what resources High Point has to offer for any creative mind. So we're, we're sort of touching on, on multiple facets with this uh, event. And we're also giving a $5,000 scholarship to one of the students who attends. And it is sponsored by the Broyhill Family Foundation. So it's going to be a fantastic event. It's something that we're committed to doing every year. This will be our first one. And we plan to do it in September of 2022 as well and 2023 and so on. Um, we would love for uh, students to know that we're a place they can come and and really uh, just connect with the industry and prepare themselves for what's ahead. So uh, you have to be a junior, a senior, or a grad student to apply to come to the summit. And uh, that way we know they are 
within the next year or so going to be entering this workforce, entering this industry, and we can just give them that boost and that extra little um, incentive and the extra little knowledge they have to be a better candidate uh, as an employee in this industry. So we're super excited about the summit. It's taken a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of hands to make it happen. And we've had tons of sponsors uh, because it is going to be free to the students. This is you know, a, a forty dollars to $50,000 event. So we've had wonderful people uh, commit time and money and, and expertise and uh, willing to really donate and make this happen for our industry. So we're super excited about it. And um, I think it's going to be such a huge success. Yeah, that's, that's such a wonderful opportunity for, for students, especially on in just in terms of being immersed through like the knowledge through the books and the the objects that they're going to be surrounded with but like you said they're going to be immersed within high point as well and there's such a huge furniture market and you know there's just so many opportunities for networking and really being engaged with the community there and the design community um i think what students really need to understand and i love the way that you have created this hub um, and really interact with this uh, library is because they're being emerged into the knowledge without even probably like realizing it how important it is for them you know because uh, I think a lot of the time what we take for granted as students is having those resources having that support um, to then have the knowledge and accessibility to uh, thrive within the design field. So that's just, it's so exciting. Um, well, what we're excited about too is we're, you know, we want to invest in students. That's that's a, a part of who we are as an organization. Educate students and invest in them uh, financially and um, with it, this experience. Um, but we also are, are promoting the library through this event as well and our community and the resources in High Point. But we really want the students to know because most of them may not have been to High Point before. They may not have experienced the furniture library. They may not know what resources we have. So we want them to know just what we have uh, here at the Venus Dot Furniture Library, how they can use it and how it can be such an important tool um, that they'll use throughout their career in this industry. So that's very important. Yeah, absolutely. And can you talk a little bit about um, for any students watching, uh, like you said, within high school or within college uh, that would like to reach out about the competition or maybe just a visit? Is there a particular way to get in contact with you through the website or is that yes. how you kind of sign up? They can uh, find all the information about our organization and our programs and initiatives that we have uh, currently going on through the website. It's www.furniturelibrary.com. Our database for our books is, is there. We have a whole blog section um, where we've taken different topics and had professionals blog about it for just general information. We have our competition information is there, all of the application forms the uh, project information, the requirements to be in our design competition, it's all on the website. They can call me to make an appointment to come and, you know, and schedule if they're close by and actually want to visit the library and use the resources. And all of the information for the Bean and Stock Future Designer Summit is on the website as well. There's a whole page dedicated to the summit. It tells the itinerary, uh, bios on our, our keynote speakers, 
It talks about um, who has sponsored and who's making this event happen for these students. So everything can be found on the website, but they're more than welcome to email me, which uh, my email is on there too. our phone number. Call, email me with any questions and I'd be willing to uh, answer any, any questions they have about any of the programs we have going on that they would like to join in. That's perfect. Great. And can you, uh, in regards to the competition, what might be something you're looking for uh, within the prompt or maybe what is what is the whole um, background behind why you wanted to start the competition and get involved in that regard? Our scholarship program has been in place since 1984. And uh, as I mentioned, we, we give away $15,000 a year. Uh, and, and through our scholarship program. About 10 years ago, we decided to change up our scholarship program and tr transition it into a design competition. So we have a furniture category and an interior design category. And a student can enter one or the other or both as long as they have a professor that is uh, sponsoring them. For furniture design, Every year, the student has to design a chair, and there are some requirements uh, of what they need to meet in, within that design process. There are requirements of what they have to send in as their uh, project entry. There's certain dates that it has to be done. We require you know, an application form to be submitted, so there's all um, different requirements that uh, they can find on the website that talks about the chair has to be um, manufactured in a feasible way. It has to be an original design. It can be made of, of various materials. So all of the instructions for the furniture design competition are on the website and, uh, you know, the all the requirements and restrictions are and what you have to submit. For, for interior design, it's a little uh, more intense, I will say. It is a residential and commercial design project that we get from ASID. They provide us with these floor plans and each year we change it up and we do a different floor plan. So it would have a storyline behind it. You would have a customer uh, you know, or a client that you're trying to um, satisfy with your design and there's a lot of uh, uh, commercial requirements and restrictions that are applied to that particular project and it is changed up every every year we change the project. So all of the information for that as well is on the website. So it's it's quite a, um, you know, a big project for interior design. We pick one first place winner for each category and those first place winners get $5,000 each. Second place winners for each category get $1,500 each. And then the first place winners design school gets $1,000. So if um, like this year, Savannah College of Art and Design won our interior design competition. So their design program got $1,000 for having the winning student. So we're also supporting the schools and their programs through this competition as well as the students, which we're very proud of. And we usually have 40 to 50 entries in each category every year. And usually anywhere from 10 to 15 different colleges represented each year. So it's it's a great competition. It's uh, a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things. It's a lot of work. And we have great judges. We have a different judging panel for interior design than we do furniture design because they are two totally different 
um, beast, so to speak, and, and the requirements are completely different for each category. So we do have professionals that volunteer their time and their energy and their passion to help judge and pick our winners each year. So it's an exciting competition. It really is. And it's, um, it's been very successful. We're very pleased. Yeah, absolutely. I know here at Marywood, we love doing design competitions. So this is something that we would be extremely interested in, in pursuing as well. There's yes. something so interesting about, you know, design competitions, because not only are you get, gaining the rigor of competing against maybe within your classmates at school, but you're also competing on a more worldwide, nationwide uh, field as well. So you're, you're gaining knowledge from you know, your resources that, you know, you might gain inspiration from the books in the Bean and Sock Library, for example, or, you know, elsewhere. But right. you're also gaining knowledge from others around the country. And it's just so interesting how that can can help thrive and, and progress one's, you know, desires and their, their overall just knowledge of the right. field in general. Well, and we welcome any college uh, in the United States that has a design-related program. The students are, can enter. You have to be a junior or a senior or a grad student to enter. Um, and one thing I love about the competition, it is a blind judging. So when the students send me their, their project entry for the year, it is assigned a number, and they are not allowed to put their name or their school on their project at all. So their project is graded strictly on merit and design, and did they follow instructions? So the judges do not know if the student is male or female. They do not know if, what college the student is from. They know nothing about the, the, the student at all until they say entry number 47 won this year, and then I tell them that is, you know, Carla Jones from uh, high point or, you know, whatever. So, so that's, that's very good. So um, everything, it comes in on a, a level playing ground and our judges take their responsibilities very seriously. And that has been very uh, successful for us to, to judge it that way uh, so that they're, because, you know, all of our judges are, they're all from the, you know, different areas of the United States and they're from different colleges themselves. So having this blind judging has really been a great way for us to uh, bring out the best talent uh, for the students that enter our competition. Yeah, absolutely. That's so extremely important, I feel, to know as a student, too, that might want to pursue uh, this design competition as well, because I think a lot of the time, maybe students get a little taken aback, they get a little nervous, you know, they might feel that they don't have the con the confidence to you know pursue such a prestigious maybe design competition that that you know they don't they don't feel that comfortable but I think having that blind uh judging really allows them to say you know what, I'm going to put it all out there and I'm not going to get feedback exactly. because I'm not going to know who I am I, I just think that's such a great thing to know as a student because a lot of students I feel are nervous, uh, especially when they're in the younger years, they feel that they might not be as um, knowledgeable as, as older students who might as well be in the competition. Right. And I just think that's, that's really important to know. So thank you. 
Well, and two, it really puts everybody um, on a level field from the start because there are interior design uh, and furniture design programs at schools that are more well-known than other schools. There are bigger programs and smaller programs. We even allow uh, second-year students at community colleges to participate in our program. And a few years ago, we had a community college student win. Um, so she's standing up against four-year programs. And uh, this particular student uh, was, was our standout winner. So everybody has the same uh, chance here. And, and it's just a really good feeling to know that our judges truly pick the best design, the one with the least mistakes, the one who followed directions, the one who wowed them with details. And, um, and that's, you know, that can be any student from any school. So it's, uh, it's a great competition. We're very proud of the work that we put into it. Yeah, absolutely. And can you, I guess, to shift gears a little bit more, you talked a little bit about uh, High Point in the furniture market. And what is it like, you know, during that time with the Bean and Stock Library, uh, maybe having students more so come to visit at that time? What What is that? connection look like between the market and the, the library? There are um, quite a few students who do attend High Point Market. Their schools will bring them as a group uh, through their design programs. Um, and during market, we do have students who will come and tour the library and do research. Mostly our students uh, come outside of market though. Um, schools will arrange for them to come or they'll make a special trip in. Um, actually, Savannah College of Art and Design in, uh, in Savannah, Georgia, they bring their groups in throughout the year. It's about a five-hour drive and they'll arrange for factory tours and things like that for some of their students. So it really does depend on location um, of the school and, uh, and, and if the, you know, schools are bringing the students to High Point Market, which I think is a great thing. I think if it's feasible, all design schools should be giving them that experience. But I know with time and transportation and money, that's sometimes not an option. So, um, I also do, uh, Zoom, uh, calls with different schools and programs just to let them know a little bit about the library and kind of try to make it personal if they're not, uh, able to attend. But for us, Furniture Market, um, because we aren't, we don't sell furniture and furniture market is a time when it's busy in High Point and there's a lot of people here and they're here shopping for furniture and they're, you know, they have crazy schedules and they're trying to get to all the showrooms and the market area is enormous. And, and even if you had two weeks here, you'd never see everything. It's just impossible. So uh, people are so busy that we do have, have some designers that come in for research uh, on a professional level during market, if that's the only time they're in town. But most of our professionals do all their research uh, here outside of market too. They will travel to High Point to use our resources when it's not market because we have so many available throughout the, the whole year. Uh, a lot of things that we do during furniture market are seminars with interior designers, panel discussions, uh, people will make a donation to our library for use of our space and they'll hold um, you know, parties and seminars and conferences and things um, outside, um, you know, away from market for certain, you know, sales groups or their employees or certain buyers or um, just use use the library for many different functions uh, during furniture market. So market can get a little crazy around here for us. Um, of course, the last two markets with COVID, it's been a lot quieter, but we're hoping by fall, um, 
we will be back uh, to, to a busy schedule around here. We even have just as a little teaser that everybody will have more information about in the coming months. We are going to have a very cool art exhibit here in October during market. So, and it's actually going to be on display while the summit is on as well. So that's something uh, exciting we have coming up for October. So um, be on the lookout for information about that on our website as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited and honestly so interested to see what that has in store. Um, but yeah, even just talking about just the idea that you stated earlier, um, you know, your motto, you know, learning from the past to then, you know, progress into the future. I think there's something so interesting and exciting about that, um, especially when you talk about, you know, what goes on within High Point Market, you know. So I, like you, you mentioned that designers are so busy and they come in and they're really looking to purchase furniture. But I think it's so imperative that maybe they need to kind of take a step back and kind of look at, you know, these books and, and the history behind it to then realize that what they're striving for is the future and how like how much time and effort and passion has progressed so much change over time. What's important is to know that our tagline, Touch History, Design the Future, it's very important for, for a student to understand that concept and, and gaining the knowledge and educating yourself and really doing some research on the history of furniture. It's very important for the professional, the furniture designer, the interior designer to understand styles, um, where those designs come from. Then you can better, uh, furniture designers can use that as inspiration for future designs. Interior designers can use it as information to guide their clients on what style they like best, what styles go together and promote themselves as knowing uh, information about the history and knowing where these designs come from. Uh, half the, the, I think the battle in interior design is selling yourself um, and your talent, but it's, it's how much you, you explain to your client about what's important with the history. And then the consumer, I think it goes all the way to the consumer and how a lot of times we buy something just because we think it's pretty, but do you really know the origin of the design? Um, if it's Chippendale or if it's, you know, Art Nouveau, where did that come about? And it only helps to educate ourselves on all different levels about history. So from the person designing it to the person selling it to you, to the person, um, you know, actually buying it and, um, and putting it up, you know, in, in a home, it, it's, it never hurts to educate yourself and to really know why, um, you like that design. What, what about that design draws you in and just learning a little bit about it. It's, it's uh, so important on every level from, from the designer to the consumer. Right. Yeah. Because honestly, you might think, you know, something like you said is aesthetically pleasing, but once you learn the history, maybe you're not so enthused by what it is, or maybe you find something else that is tailored more towards the specific concept or the idea that you're trying to invoke within right. space or within, right. you know, just a general. Design. And educating yourself um, on the history of something also can uh, change your ideas of what you like. Um, and it can help you appreciate what you like. So you might think, oh, I like that just because I like the way it looks. Um, well, the way it looks is because somebody designed it that way. And what was their inspiration? When you educate yourselves on that, you appreciate what you love a lot more, I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, and on the terms of uh, knowledging students, learning about, you know, just the background and the history and everything that goes into it, what is something that you might 
consider wishing you knew uh, growing up within the design field and educating yourself? Was there something that you wish you kind of told yourself or really thought about? I think there's two things. I think one is don't be afraid to express yourself. When you have a creative mind and that's the way your mind works and, and you've got a love for design, have confidence about that. If that's what your passion is, don't be afraid to express that. Um, some things work, some things don't. But until you put it on paper, or you try to, to see where it can go and, and where that inspiration can lead you, you just never know. So don't give up on yourself. Have confidence in yourself if you've got a creative mind and don't be afraid to express that. Number two, take every single opportunity you have outside the classroom to learn about the industry that you've chosen to work in for the rest of your life. Um, because you're not the only, uh, only you know, your, your creative mind and your part of the industry is not all the industry. There's so many other different ent entities, especially in the design industry. Uh, we all work together to make it happen. And anything you can educate yourself on, outside the classroom, how your industry works, meeting professionals, engaging with professionals, internships, any opportunity you can get um, to, for trade shows or tour, you know, any sort of um, uh, uh, office or talk to any professional that's, that's working a job that you would like to have, take that opportunity because that's things that it's going to be invaluable um, lessons that you're going to learn. And, and any knowledge you gain from someone already working in your field um, is going to be huge uh, success for you. Yeah. Yeah. I know some, sometimes I think students are a little taken aback by some sort of opportunity. It might not be exactly what they want, but I think it's just the overall idea of any experience that is within the design field that you enjoy, I think is just going to benefit them in the long run. So taking that that notion and really running with it. There are so many creative opportunities in this industry. Uh, like I mentioned before, it's the photographer, it's you know the set designer that designs the set where the piece is going to be photographed and making it look great. It's the architect, it's the interior designer, it's the marketing person who helps you market your brand. Um, there's so many facets and genres in this industry. And I think as students, opening your mind to, you might have a, a set job you want, but your knowledge and your, your design background can lead you in so many different ways. And don't be afraid to explore that because your job in this industry may be very different from what you had originally thought um, because the opportunities are endless as far as where you can put your creativity in this industry. So I think having an open mind as a student and not locking yourself into this is the job I want and I've got to have um, every step along the way is going to prepare you for for uh, the industry and uh, some will be good lessons some may not be good lessons but everything's a learning opportunity so yeah of course and I think it's 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 a little funny to think about too because I I think sometimes there's either you know two extremes of it like you said there's either the student that really has their mindset on this particular job mm -hmm. and they really want to go for it and you know they're just they have their blinders on and they really just want to go for it. But then there's also students who only think that the design field that they're studying in school is the only option out there. So for example, like if I'm going for architecture, oh, I'm going to be an architect. Like there's, it's so knowledgeable with, especially I think, which is important with the Bean and Sock Library is knowledging students, educating them about 
what's out there because there's so many opportunities and so many fields just within design within that umbrella that they don't even really consider often. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You just have to be open-minded and willing to, uh, um, express your creativity in different ways. And you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the industry and it can open a world of possibilities. And I think sometimes you miss some good opportunities when you really stay focused on one thing um, in, in the design industry. I think you have to, to be open to a lot of creative outlets. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and can you tell us where viewers may reach the Bean and Sock Library? Are you on social media? Is it primarily the website? We have the website, FurnitureLibrary.com. We're the Bean and Stock Furniture Library on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, my email is executive-director at FurnitureLibrary.com. Um, email me anytime and... Um, just uh, we'd love to, to connect with you. We'd love to connect to new schools, new students, introduce you to our design competition, um, introduce you to our uh, the summit. Um, lots going on around here, and, and we're very proud of the work we've done the last year and a half to make uh, a lot of progress with our student initiatives. So, and uh, and and by doing this, and, and appreciate you having me today and letting me talk about my passion and the furniture library and all that we do. It's um, uh, dear to my heart. This organization is very, very dear to my heart. Oh, well, thank you so much for speaking with us today at a student's perspective. Uh, we're, we're so excited to have you and learn about the Bean and Sock Library. It really opens up a, a range of ideas and just opportunities that we're excited to experience here as well. So thank, thank you so you. much for joining us. This is another episode of A Student's Perspective. Stay tuned for next week as the conversation continues. We hope you like this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.